I'm Sienna. I'm the kid. I'm Sarah. I'm the mom. This is Queer Kids Straight Mom. Let's talk. Welcome back to Queer Kids Straight Mom. Today, we are talking about what feels to me like a really complicated issue, which is should straight cisgender actors play queer roles? So I was doing some research on this, and I have a new vocabulary word for our audience. And this one actually has multiple meanings. I first came across it in an article about whether straight actors should play gay roles. Gay face, which in this article was used sort of the way you would use blackface. But apparently it also has the meaning of the stereotypical look that people use to identify others as gay. Throw that out there for you. If you hear the term gay face, it means one of those two things. Probably only the movie actor one if somebody's talking about actors. Anyway, back to the issue. I can kind of see both sides of this. Let's start with a little bit of history. A lot of great information that I got came from a show that is on Apple TV right now called Visible out on television, and I highly recommend it. It's extremely interesting. I learned a lot about just the history of gay roles and gay actors and just how the industry has progressed to the place we are now and how we've kind of moved through these different forms of people not wanting to take roles as gay characters to there kind of being a fight over who gets to have those roles. So it's pretty interesting. So the first gay-themed TV movie was apparently pitched in 1972, and the producers could not get an actor to take the role. Nobody was willing to play a gay man. Finally, Hal Holbrook took it, and he talks a little bit on the show about what it meant to have somebody approach him on the street and thank him for taking that role. So I think a very positive experience for him ultimately in kind of making this decision to take a role that nobody wanted. This was at a time, obviously, where gay actors really didn't feel like they could let anybody know that they were gay because it might destroy their career. And then in 1978, a movie called A Question of Love came out. It starred Gina Rollins and Jane Alexander as lesbians. Um, The comedian Wanda Sykes says, you know, we look at this now and say, why couldn't they cast lesbians as lesbians? Well, there weren't very many out lesbians back then. So to have these two straight actors take on these roles and tell our story, that was pretty big and risky on their part. This has changed over time. We talked a little bit about the Danish girl on our last episode and Eddie Redmayne getting a lot of attention for playing this transgender woman and winning awards, and Tom Hanks in Philadelphia. I remember when Brokeback Mountain came out. You know, just this series of movies where taking these roles was sort of a brave thing to do. You got a ton of attention for it. It was like showing your acting chops. So then we got to a point where a lot of actors wanted these roles because that's another notch, right? Look how good I am at acting. I can act like it doesn't repulse me to kiss another man. I'm amazing. (laughs) Exactly. And now it seems that we have worked through that a little bit. And it's so common for straight cisgender actors to take queer roles that now it's not really considered brave or particularly interesting. And we're starting to see some backlash. There are a few different reasons why there is backlash. First is the issue of authenticity, whether somebody who has not had that experience can fully play that experience. Tom Hanks and 
2022 in an interview with New York Times Magazine said, let's address, could a straight man do what I did in Philadelphia now? No, and rightly so. The whole point of Philadelphia was don't be afraid. One of the reasons people weren't afraid of that movie is that I was playing a gay man. We're beyond that now. And I don't think people would accept the inauthenticity of a straight guy playing a gay guy. And then The L Word was a show that was kind of groundbreaking because it brought lesbian characters to main roles for the first time. But Jennifer Beals, a straight actress, played one of those roles. And she says when she took the role, she thought, oh, well, it's just about love. And I can do that. I know how to do that. But looking back... She says, I had no sense truly in any kind of visceral way, the kind of otherness that that might entail. Do you have any examples or like roles that you can think of that you feel felt less authentic because of the person playing them? Well, you know, the problem is because I tend to focus on trans characters in this particular case. And the problem is there's so few trans characters in movies that I can't think of that many examples. But yeah, to me, I think there's definitely an element of authenticity when it comes to gay characters or bi characters or anything along those lines. I think I am less concerned about straight actors playing gay characters than I am about cis actors playing trans characters. You know, there are projects where you might you know, genuinely be having a movie that's set 2,000 years in the future and everyone's gay, and therefore you don't necessarily need to be bringing the context of oppression and otherness. And in that situation, I don't think it's inherently problematic for a straight actor to play a queer character. I don't think that there's ever really a context where it's appropriate for a cisgender actor to play a trans character. And that's for a couple of reasons. First of all, I do think that the experience of interrogating your gender identity and sort of experiencing that part of yourself and exploring it and expressing it to others, that's an experience that I don't think there's really any analog to in the cisgender experience. I don't think that I can ever fully explain my gender identity to a cisgender person. Like, I don't think that's ever going to come across fully. And so I therefore don't think that a cisgender person could ever accurately portray that experience. Second, I think it's really harmful, actually, for cisgender actors to play trans characters, in particular in the case of transgender women, because it really kind of furthers the idea, the narrative that, oh, trans women are actually just men in makeup, which in this case, they quite literally are. So I think that's that's a really problematic aspect of that as well that kind of sets that situation apart to me from just a straight actor playing a queer character. I did come across that a lot of conversation about the show Transparent in which Jeffrey Tambor plays a transgender woman. And, you know, the show has been criticized for that casting decision. And one of the points that people have made is that there's, like you said, this perception that it's just men playing dress up. And so the actor, Nicole Maines, who was in Supergirl and is now in Yellow Jackets, says there's this really harmful rhetoric going around that trans people are just dressing up to invade, namely women's spaces, as an act of sexual perversion or aggression. And that idea comes from historically cisgender men playing transgender women. And Laverne Cox said that, you know, audiences see a man accepting an award. And so then when a real trans woman is presenting herself in the world and saying, I am a woman, 
the public, because they've been seeing men portray us, are having a harder time accepting our womanhood, which is kind of exactly what you were saying. So I thought that was interesting. I had thought about the authenticity, the taking good roles away, but I had not ever really thought about, which I guess is exactly to your point, that's not something that a cisgender person like myself is necessarily going to think about, whereas a transgender person is going to be much more aware of these decisions cause danger to transgender people. Yeah. And I mean, it's also just a good thing. And this, I think, also applies to casting queer actors and queer roles. It's a good thing to have a member of the group that you're portraying play the member of the group that you're portraying so that they can be like, hey, not cool. This is a problem. Yeah, especially because the roles in the past have been so limiting. Transgender women, say, like, have tended to be portrayed as prostitutes or drug dealers or troubled people, you know, these sort of nefarious characters, which, again, reinforces those stereotypes. And so now that we have richer, more developed roles, there's I think there's also a feeling to me of like, okay, transgender actors have spent all of this time taking subpar roles just to have work. And now that we have good roles, let's give them to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's also just a matter of having equal opportunity within the field, right? Actually, I think a really good example as well of your point about like how trans people are portrayed as, you know, troubled people. Like if you look at the way that Eddie Redmayne played Lily in The Danish Girl, I imagine that a lot of the weirdness and the way that it was sort of being treated almost like split personality disorder and all the bizarreness that was going on there that we talked about last episode was probably because it's a movie made by a bunch of cis people who couldn't conceive like of gender in a way that wasn't weird and twisted and problematic. Right. Because if you haven't experienced it, and if you haven't experienced it, like you said, you can never really fully understand it. And if you can't fully understand it, it's very hard to write it well, I would think. Right. You're always going to be portraying sort of a parody at worst and a sort of translation, I guess, for lack of a better word at best. Like there's no way to capture that experience if you haven't lived it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a positive change in the industry that we're getting more of these stories, but there's a lot of work to be done and making sure those stories are created and acted by people who have that context to present the story. I also, in some of my research, found that for queer people playing queer roles, it can be very powerful and affirming having the experience of playing those roles. And now I get to mention My So-Called Life, which you know is one of my favorite shows ever, and I was completely obsessed with at one point in my life. But Wilson Cruz, who played Ricky, I didn't realize, was the first openly gay actor to play a gay character in a leading TV role. And he has talked about how when he came out to his parents, his dad threw him out of the house. And there is an episode of My So-Called Life where a similar thing happens to Ricky. Because the producer, Winnie Holtzman, like hearing his experience felt like this is something I really want to put into Ricky's storyline. And Wilson Cruz said that after that episode aired, his dad called him and said, I think it's time for us to talk. Which was like, that's a really powerful thing that came out of him playing that part. 
opened a communication with his dad because his dad saw him acting as this character that went through it. Which I think is, you know, we don't usually think about the impact that it has. That that role could actually change somebody's life because they were given the opportunity to play it. Mm-hmm. Will and Grace, Sean Hayes has also talked about, you know, like he took the role because he was an actor and he needed a job. And he wasn't really thinking like, I'm going to educate people about gayness. And he only realized later how profound it was for so many people to see gay characters kind of presented as normal people on the mm-hmm. screen. And this one was interesting. I do not know the show Billions. Have you heard of it? It sounds vaguely familiar, but I don't know anything about it. Okay. So one of the actors, Asia Kate Dillon, plays a character Mm -hmm. named Taylor Mason, who is non-binary and was written in the script as non-binary. And Dillon says that they knew that they didn't really identify as female or male, but they didn't really understand any of that. And reading the script and seeing that description, that that gave them understanding of identity and like hope and kind of freedom to be that. So again, that opportunity to play a role actually brought a sense of identity to the actor. These stories Um, were fascinating to me. Yeah, that just also makes me think of in one of my favorite shows, Our Flag Means Death, which we've talked about. There is a non-binary sort of secondary main character named Jim, who is played by Vico Ortiz, who is a non-binary actor. They're Puerto Rican. They do drag. They're really cool, actually. Go check them out on social media. But they talked about like early on after the show came out about, oh, you know, I want to get top surgery, but I am a little bit worried that like I'm worried about how that would affect sort of the trajectory of the show because, you know, in the show, Jim is a pre-top surgery character and they received so much support from fans who were like, no, it's fine. We'll just work. Roach will give them top surgery, which is a terrible idea, but that's okay. And, you know, there's like all this fan art of it now. And like that level of support from fans of the show, before they even knew if there was going to be a second season or not, made them feel confident enough to go forward with getting pop surgery. It's a sort of a symbiotic relationship between getting opportunities and then bringing authenticity to the role and then actually getting something very important out of playing the role. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's, you know, a lot of really positive reasons that we should care, that we should care that gay and transgender roles are played by, and you said that, you know, you don't care as much maybe about gay roles, but definitely transgender roles. Um, played yeah, I would say I have a I have a strong preference for queer roles to be played by queer actors, and I consider it sort of par- of paramount importance that trans roles be played by trans actors. Okay. The negative side of that, obviously, is when people become toxic about it. You can see negative consequences coming out of it, which we also talked previously on this show about Heartstopper and Kit Connor who eventually came out to the public before he was ready to. He's even said he didn't know if he ever really would come out publicly. But because he was so bullied by people who thought that he was playing a queer role when he wasn't queer. So I feel like there's a line also where, like you said, maybe you have a strong preference, but do you feel like it's unfair to attack somebody for taking those roles, to criticize them as an actor and make them feel 
pressure to explain themselves. So I think there's a little bit of a paradox when it comes to these things. And I think an analog would be accessible bathroom stalls. I have expressed frustration with people who, as far as I can tell, are not, you know, non-binary or disabled using the accessible unisex restrooms because they're always full. They're always full and I just want to pee and I can never find a bathroom that's open. And, you know, then that forces me into an uncomfortable position because... You know, then I, as a non-binary disabled person, have to go into the multi-user female restroom and it's really uncomfortable for me and it's just not, it's not good. And so it's really frustrating. But I would never want to go up to one individual person and be like, you're not disabled or non-binary. Why are you using that bathroom? Because you can't tell from how someone looks if they're non-binary or disabled. That's not how gender identity and disability work. And so... It can be a thing where we know something is a problem and we know people aren't doing the right thing. And yet we sort of just kind of have to educate people in a non-targeted way, because ultimately, if you start, you know, lashing out at people and targeting people, I think you're going to end up inadvertently reinforcing the very assumptions that you're trying to combat and hurting people like Kit Connor in the process. So you would disagree with Russell T. Davies. I don't know if you've seen this, but he's the creator of It's a Sin and original Queer as Folk. He recently said, I'm going to war. I want the likes of Colin Firth to be ashamed of their actions. Who's Which Colin Firth? He, he has played multiple gay roles. He was one of the potential dads and Mama Mia, the one that was gay. And then he recently played a different gay role, which I would have to look up. But I think that is specifically what Russell Davies was referring to. But I understand why he's upset, but that seemed like a very strong thing to say, to call somebody specifically out and say that they should be ashamed. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's just like you never know what someone is going through and what experiences they might be having and why they're taking certain roles. And in particular, returning to Kit Connor, it's especially important not to attack, you know, like really young actors, because oftentimes they don't have any control over what roles they're taking. So, yeah. Or or possibly even understand their own sexuality. Right. So it's yeah, it's it's a really fine line, I think. And I think it's certainly fine to be like straight people to stop taking gay roles. Um I don't think it makes a ton of sense to try to specifically target individual people. And I also think that you can inadvertently, again, do a lot of harm to diversity in shows by doing this because there have been long running series or franchises that have rightfully looked at the the past of a character and been like, wow, this character seems queer. This character has been written as queer coded. And the right thing to do is to make that explicit, which I firmly agree with. So two examples here. One would be Loki from the Marvel Cinematic Universe, who obviously the creators, when they introduced him, you know, over 10 years ago, probably had no intention of ever making explicitly queer, despite him being a queer character in the comics. Then as the Marvel Cinematic Universe evolved, as people were like, hey, Loki should be queer. Loki has very queer vibes. Let's be real here. They're like, okay, yeah, we should make Loki. Now, I'm not entirely happy with how they did that. I have some notes. But nonetheless, saying 
well, Tom Hiddleston's a straight man, so therefore Loki can't be queer, I think would be absurd. Like, that doesn't make any sense to say that we shouldn't honor a character's arc that has been running over an extended period of time just because we don't want a straight actor to play a queer character. Like, would I prefer that Loki were played by a gay actor? Yeah, absolutely. I think that would probably solve a lot of my problems with that representation. But I would still rather Loki be canonically queer, even if I'm not 100% happy with it, than that just be completely ignored. Mm. Another interesting example, I think, is Stranger Things, which I know some people have criticized for Maya Hawke, a as far as we know, straight actress playing Robin, who comes out in season three as being gay. But the thing is, when they were making that casting decision, they hadn't actually planned on Robin being gay. They had planned on Robin and Steve getting together. And then as it played out and as everything was kind of written and acted out and like they saw where the story was going, they were like, wait, this doesn't make sense. Like, it makes more sense for Robin to be gay. That's a more interesting story arc. And I actually happen to, like, I happen to love that scene. I know not everybody agrees with me. I know some people don't like how her character arc was handled, but I absolutely love the scene where Robin comes out to Steve. I think it's so sweet. I love the way Steve reacts. Mm -hmm. And I think Maya Hawk does a pretty good job there, you know? Mm -hmm. And again, is it perfect? Probably not. Would it be better for there to not be a gay character in Stranger Things that that wasn't, you know, you know, shoehorned in because they were like, oh, we got to put a gay actor in that naturally evolved from the, the plot and the story. I think it's much better to have that than to just be like, no, she's straight, so we can't have her be gay. Oh, well. So I think if you get too overzealous about it, you end up stifling the growth of characters and um, and media in a way that's not really helpful. That's a really good point. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. If you felt like you were too strictly defined by that rule, then maybe you just wouldn't get some of those stories. Well, and this, this was an interesting perspective too. I read a link to this, of course, but an article kind of talking about Russell Davies and this statement. Charles Kaiser said, Davies' stance runs counter to a longstanding principle of the movement for LGBTQ equality. No one should ever experience discrimination on the basis of the sex they're sleeping with. Davies is now advocating discrimination against heterosexual actors who want to audition for gay roles. What's your thought on that? Because apparently the laws, like you could actually run into legal trouble if you mm -hmm. refuse to consider a straight actor for a gay role for many of the same yeah. things that are in place to protect gay actors. Yeah. And I mean, I think, you know, uh, Republicans and conservatives like to be like, oh, reverse discrimination. And like, that's not really how discrimination works. Right. Yeah. I suppose technically, yes, you're denying an actor a role because of their sexual orientation. But I mean, we have actual exceptions in the law for bona fide reasons for discrimination, right? It wouldn't be unlawful to not hire a white actor for a black character because that's a bona fide exception. And I actually do want to talk about the comparison to blackface in a second because I think it's something you have to be really careful about. But nonetheless, so I think that's kind of a an unreasonable argument because there are legitimate reasons to be opposed to straight actors playing gay characters. 
And I've just talked a whole bunch about how I don't want to be over top about about that. But I, I do think that particular argument is a little bit like, but straight people aren't discriminated against. No one discriminates against straight people. We're just asking for the opportunity to tell our own stories here. Yeah. Let me just before you move on to gay face, just read you one more line from that article because I'm curious about your perspective. I suggested to Davies that many 20-somethings who are describing themselves in growing numbers as sexually fluid would be baffled by his insistence that gay roles must be played by actors in a category that some young people no longer even recognize. Thoughts? Reactions? I I don't (laughs) think anyone doesn't recognize the existence of a gay identity. I think, yeah, there are loads of people who are identifying as, you know, just queer. like I personally prefer to describe myself as just queer rather than trying to put a label on my sexual orientation. And I do think that is another problem that you can potentially run into is, I mean, how granular do you want to go, right? Do you want to say, oh, well, only bisexual actors can play bisexual characters and only people who identify as pansexual can play pansexual characters. And at a certain point, it gets a little bit ridiculous. Yeah, there are loads of people who aren't going to be like, yes, I am pansexual. I'm like, they're going to be like, no, I'm queer. But again, I, I sort of think that misses the point, right? The point is allowing queer people to tell their own stories. And yes, there are absolutely differences between the gay and the bisexual experience or the identified lesbian and the identified kind of nebulous queer experience. But trying to pit other queer people against each other when the reason that there's a shortage of roles in the first place is because straight people are taking all the roles is a little bit, it's like, it's an artificial shortage that you're then trying to make into a problem. So yeah, I think I think again, if you take things way too literally and you go way too granular, yeah, it does it does create some problems. But I don't really think that people who are arguing for inclusion of queer actors and queer roles in good faith are really arguing for that level of of literalness. Hmm. Well, to go to what you wanted to say about the term gay face, the article where I saw this was from Slate. It was called The Curious Case of Gay Face. The author, J. Brian Lauder, poses the question of why, quote unquote, gay face does not inspire the kind of backlash that white actors playing characters of other races would among the gay community. And he feels that some of that is because they don't think these stories would get told. Would Harvey Milk's story have been made into a movie if you couldn't get Sean Penn? And then he also thinks that it is justifiable for straight characters to play gay roles, particularly because, strange as it may sound, the notion of gayness as performance applies to actual gay people as much as it applies to actors and actresses who may play them. He says that gay people classify each other into performance-based categories a lot of the time, using terms like butch and femme, bear and twink, kind of saying that gayness is sort of a full-time acting gig because you're always being critical of yourself and other people. Because as a gay person, when you meet other gay people, you don't really know, like taking in all of these things that they're projecting through their behavior that you have to read as signals. And so he says, if you're a straight actor getting paid to do it, you're simply subjecting yourself to the same critical gaze and thinks it's more important 
what kind of gay roles are being written than who is playing them. I feel like we could do an entire episode on the idea of performance and how that relates to a queer identity and how it can kind of be central and yet limiting if you take it too far. Wow, what a theme is emerging. Yes, things exist and can be helpful, but also are limiting and problematic if you take them too far. Chill out, everybody. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean... Because, yes, performance is often a central part of the queer identity. But why is it a central part of the queer identity? And what experiences is that performance rooted in? Because, I mean, butch, femme, bear, twink, all of that stuff is as much rooted in personal identity as it is in performance. And so I don't think that you can really separate them and say, oh, it's all just performance. So I don't think that, I don't really agree with that particularly. Okay. You wanted to say something about being careful with gay face, which I'm really interested in hearing what you are going to say about being careful with it, because the name of one of these articles from The Guardian was actually how straight actors playing gay went from brave to blacking up. (laughs) Go. Yeah, so like... (laughs) Here's the thing. There can be analogs between racism and all sorts of other experiences of oppression. And in fact, a lot of experiences of oppression like racism, transphobia, sexism, they're all intimately intertwined with one another. So, you know, it's important to acknowledge those things. But as a white person, I think it's incredibly important to also be really cautious about how you make those comparisons. Because the fact is, as horribly as queer people have been treated throughout history, they have never been treated as horribly as all people of color and Black and Indigenous people in particular. Yeah, it's just not really up for debate in my mind. Like, it's not a comparable experience. And you don't have kind of the intergenerational trauma effect that you have in the case of Black communities in the United States. You don't have the legacy of slavery hanging over every single thing that you do and every piece of legislation that passes. And so I think it's really, really, really problematic to compare a straight actor playing a gay role to Blackface too casually and too like it's exactly the same thing because it's not right blackface is rooted in the practice of minstrelry which was basically the practice of white vaudeville actors you know dressing up in blackface and dancing around on stage promoting black stereotypes absolutely awful stereotypes like it's really horrible and you know things that would literally then get Black people lynched 20 feet outside. So it's, yeah, there are problems with straight actors playing gay roles, but I don't think it's comparable to blackface. And I think, you know, you can use the term gay face to reference certain things maybe, but I just, I I would be really, really cautious about how we go about doing that because, again, it's just not appropriate to make certain comparisons when you have no idea what the experience is like. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. You said that really well. Side note to that new vocabulary word. (laughs) Tread cautiously because this is a very, (laughs) very loaded issue. Okay, so just quickly before we wrap up, let's play devil's advocate. I'm going to lead in by quoting Stanley Tucci, who is a straight actor who has played multiple gay roles very well. He said, an actor is an actor is an actor. You're supposed to play different people. You just are. That's the whole point of it. 
and says that the most important thing is that it's done right. And it's a problem if you start dipping into stereotypes. What's your response to that argument that it's acting? Everybody that's acting is playing somebody different than who they are with a different set of experiences than they have had. I mean, yes. But as we sort of talked about at the beginning, there are some experiences that you just don't have the capacity to portray accurately. And you might be like, yeah, I can do a, a good job of acting a gay character. And I think, you know, in the I think I've really only seen him in The Devil Wears Prada. I, you know, it, it was fine. But the question isn't, can I do this in a way that isn't awful and perpetuating stereotypes? It is, am I the best person to play this role? Am I going to play this in the most authentic way possible? If you take two actors, one who's gay and one who's straight, and they're equally talented actors, I think 10 out of 10 times the gay actor is going to play the gay role better because they have a frame of reference that a straight actor simply does not. Makes sense. I went into this feeling more conflicted, I think, than I came out of my research. It is in some way hard to wrap my head around, like, you know, like we just said, it's acting. But yes, I see so many arguments for why these roles should be authentically represented. Yeah. And I mean, I think I'm most receptive to that argument that Stanley Tucci made. I'm fairly open to that from a purely acting perspective. But like, yeah, like we said, there are so many other reasons. It's not just about playing the role well. It's also about opportunity and what it means to see queer actors and queer roles for other queer people and just all these other reasons because, you know, ultimately the film and TV industry is an industry that has real world consequences outside of just the piece of art that you're creating. And you can't just treat acting like it's in a vacuum. And this is just a personal way of me enlightening myself and broadening my experiences because that's that's not what it is. Your work impacts people in the real world. And it's important to acknowledge that. And, you know, historically, a long time ago, all roles were played by men. Women's parts were played by men. And it was pretty obvious to the world that once women were allowed to start doing that, that women should be playing their own roles. So that's probably the, yeah, I, the theater experience was probably vastly improved by letting women play roles. <laughs> yes, I think so, too. That could just be the gay talking, but like I'm, I'm pretty confident on this one. <laughs> so anyway, there is that issue dissected. As always, love to hear people's perspectives. I thought it was really funny that nobody explained their comments as much as I wanted them to in some of these articles, but they would be like, and then there are actors who should never have done that. Here's looking at you like Jared Leto from Dallas Buyers Club. But he didn't really explain what particularly about his performance they found so offensive, which I was just kind of curious about. If you know what's wrong with Jared Leto's performance, please let us know. <laughs> yes, that's where I was going with that. All right. Next time, Sienna. Yes. Next time we are going to be talking about how language and treating language with respect and listening to people's preferred terms is not just a matter of woke cancel culture. It's actually an incredibly important element of basic human respect. And also Orwell would be really unimpressed with you calling it unimportant. I will explain that next week. So tune in. All right. Until then, stay cool. I know a lot of people are still dealing with some really brutal heat right now. And stay cool just as human beings also, because that helps the world be a better place. We will catch Please. you next time. Bye. If you found this podcast helpful, interesting, or just mildly amusing, please consider rating and reviewing us on your podcasting platform of choice. It really helps us to get the word out there and spread this information as far as we can. 
And as always, check out our website at queerkidsstraightmom.com or visit us on Facebook, Queer Kids Straight Mom, Instagram at queerkid.straightmom or Twitter at queerkidstr, the number eight mom. And if you're feeling especially generous, please consider joining our Patreon by searching Queer Kids Straight Mom. It helps us fund this podcast. Thank you.